0: Hi, Gary Zacharias of The Apologist Bookshelf. I I really feel so fortunate to know Jim Wallace, J. Warner Wallace, and have a chance to talk to him every once in a while. What a great person. I'm going to go back and take a second look at his book called Person of Interest, subtitled Why Jesus Still Matters in a World That Rejects the Bible. And I really like what he's done in this book. He's talked about all sorts of human endeavor that has been transformed and uh, just uh, increased tremendously because of Jesus Christ. So this chapter is called Jesus, the Unfounded Fiction, question mark, chapter six. And he starts with a quotation from William Dean Howells, who's an American editor and author. And he said, this is a Howells speaking, Christ and the life of Christ is at this moment inspiring the literature of the world as never before and raising it up a witness against waste and want and war, it may confess him as in Tolstoy's work it does, or it may deny him, but it cannot exclude him. So he's going to focus in this chapter of what Jesus has meant to people in the world of uh, literature. He actually starts interesting. He starts talking about Elvis Presley, and what an impact he had, and how so many people have retold the story of Elvis. Apparently, there are hundreds of books that are written, and uh, I think they said. He had over a billion albums sold and earned thirty nine billion uh, sorry $39 million in 2019 alone. And he's been dead for years, but he's still cranking out a lot of uh, interest in people. And he says, uh, there's some truth and there's been some legend mixed up in, of course, the Presley story. But even though there's a wide variety of fables and stories written about Elvis, but they were based on the true Elvis story. And he's, he has a page there where he lists all the things that you would find out, no matter what you read about Presley, whether it was a song about him or a real story or whatever, fables and all, you still come up with a key uh, list of things that were true about Elvis Presley. And he said something similar happened to Jesus. So what's he talking about? Well, when somebody has cultural impact, then there's a lot of fallout, including literature, written by people that may want to just tell his story honestly others would want to distort the truth and maybe even some would co-opt the story for their own advantage and they said the same thing happened to jesus and he talks about the the area of literature so that's where this chapter is going to go uh, wallace claims that jesus had a much greater literary impact on human history than elvis and he said uh, he's describing literary evidence from three early groups christians who liked jesus of course Number two, non-Christians who liked Jesus. And yeah, there was a group of them. And third, non-Christians who disliked him. He says, so what did we learn from these stories? What, what kind of impact did Jesus have on the history of world literature? And could we reconstruct based on just these stories? Could we reconstruct what Jesus was really like, the truth, without the New Testament? So those are the three areas he's going to look at. What did people say who were Christians that liked Jesus? What did non-Christians say? who did like Jesus? And third, how about non-Christians who disliked him? Even disliking him, we're going to see some truth in what they had to say. So number one is Christians who like Jesus. And I said, uh, even before Rome embraced Jesus as God, Christians were writing about their master. And we've got uh, students of the apostles, Ignatius and Polycarp, for example, they're describing the Jesus that they learned about when they sat at the foot of John. Clement of Rome describes what he learned about from Apostle Paul. And so, even before Christianity was a state religion, you have these Christian leaders reiterating the claims of Christianity. They wrote letters, they wrote manuscripts to to each other and to local congregations. And the story of Jesus had a tremendous impact on early believers, no kidding. And you get a huge collection of early literature. You get... Uh, local congregations being written to, uh, encouraging each other as leaders, and writing about the impact. These leaders would quote from the New Testament. In fact, you can almost recreate the entire New Testament just from what the early church uh, leaders had to say. Um, So, let's move on from that point. He says, without any details of the New Testament manuscripts, we could construct the author's claims from all sorts of stuff about Jesus. If we just limited our investigation just to the early leaders who had contact with the eyewitnesses so that we could retrieve important details about jesus's life and his death and his resurrection so there you go so first of all christians who loved him they said a lot of things about him so we could reconstruct his life okay so let's go to the second area non-christians who like jesus okay Oh, by the way, let me go back one more thing on this section about Christians who liked him. He said, if you really wanted to erase Jesus from history, you got to do more than destroy the New Testament. You'd have to get rid of all those letters and books that are written by Christians who liked him in those early centuries. Okay, let's go to the second area. Non-Christians who liked Jesus said there are groups that had some non-canonical writings. They liked Jesus, but their desire was basically to co-opt him, and so they would— alter sometimes the canonical narratives. And some of them were Gnostics. They, uh, I've, I've written about the Gnostics before, and I've, I've put some podcasts together about that. So it says, wait a minute. He said, how, how could somebody write about Jesus and, and have it false but get away with it? Well, you have non-canonical authors. They waited until people who really knew Jesus were dead, or they wrote way far away from wherever the witnesses could check this stuff, And then legend would begin to emerge. But despite these legendary portions, these non-canonical documents would at least presuppose and acknowledge the claims of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Gospels, just like the Elvis stories were based on the real Elvis. So we've got stories here, for example, uh, there's something called the Gospel of Peter. Now that was probably between 150 and 200 sometime. And uh, that's a Gnostic book. And they held a really low idea about the material universe and the human body. They didn't like that. They thought that stuff was kind of gross. And Jesus, therefore, is more like a spirit. But you know, despite those distortions, you've got details about the Passion Week, just like he did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It names the disciples, has things about the Gospels in them, like the resurrection. Here's another one it's called the Gospel of Peter. I'm sorry, Gospel of Philip, that's something between 180 to maybe 250. It's also Gnostic, and supposedly Jesus has a source of secret wisdom. You know, that was typical for the Gnostics. Secret knowledge is what saved you. But okay, so that's different than the canonical Gospels, but Gospel of Philip says Jesus is the Savior. He calls him the Messiah, Son of Man, has a lot of verses in there that come right from the Gospels of Matthew and John. So, these are non-Christians who liked Jesus, and they repeated a lot of common truths, even though they stuck in some falsehoods. And these details are not coming from church fathers, but heretical texts. So it says, even if you destroyed the Christian scripture, and you got rid of the writings of Christians who liked Jesus, you'd still know quite a bit about them from these non-Christians who liked him. Okay, so there's a second area. Here's the third area. What about non-Christians who didn't like him? So you've got some Roman and some Jewish voices. You can tell they were really hostile to Christianity, but they gave us more information about Jesus. So, for example, there's a man named Thallus. He was a Greek-speaking historian. There's Mara ben Serapion. He was a Syrian philosopher. Akiva ben Yosef, a Jewish rabbi, Epictetus, was a Stoic philosopher. Pliny the Younger, he was a lawyer. And if you just take those people, and you look at that group, they're hostile to Christians. They dislike Jesus, but you got a robust profile of Jesus that you could reconstruct. They slandered them, but they based their attacks on common claims, which I think is interesting. So it said, you would learn a lot from people who denied Jesus' power, and, but you'd learn much about his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. Interesting, huh? It says, we can reconstruct every major claim of the New Testament without reading the Gospel or the letters of Scripture, even though those people really tried to twist it all. So it says at their foundation, they reiterated the claims of the New Testament authors way before the these claims became popular or way before Christianity became the religion of the empire. All right, so he gets done with that. And then the last part of his uh, chapter here, is subtitled, Jesus Dominates the Bookshelves. And I thought this is fascinating, I guess because I love to read. But it talks about classic literature who wrote about Jesus and were changed by Jesus. And he starts off with some of the ancient ones, things like The City of God by Augustine, Thomas Kempis, Martin Luther, John Bunyan, Jonathan Edwards. Maybe you recognize a few of these names. G.K. Chesterton. Then in the more modern times, you got Bonhoeffer, C.S. Lewis, Elizabeth Elliot, Francis Schaeffer. He says, you know, Jesus created such a tremendous literary fallout. Said we got an entire industry because of him. The Bible was the first book that ever got printed. Jesus dominates today the publishing industry. Says he has inspired more writers and been the topic of more literature than any other person in history. So he says, "How do I know that?" He said, "Ask CIA analyst Peter Dixon." So in the year 1999, Dixon took his investigative skills to try to figure out who's the historical figure's been the subject of more books than anyone else. Well, how would you go about figuring that out? I don't know. He used the Library of Congress in Washington, DC. That's the world's largest library, something like 110 million volumes. It has 500 over 500 miles of bookshelves miles so it's called the world's most comprehensive record of human creativity and knowledge so it says if you just look at the books about Jesus and who comes in second who comes in third and so on Jesus is at the top over 17,000 books about Jesus the second on the list any guesses Jesus is first think of all the people who have ever lived and which people have interested Others. Well, Jesus' verse, over 17,000 books. Number two is William Shakespeare, 9,800. So Jesus has almost twice as many books written about him. Third was Lenin. Fourth was Lincoln. I'll just give you a few more. We'll do the top 10. How about that? Number five is Napoleon. Six, Karl Marx. Seven, the Virgin Mary. That surprised me. I didn't think she'd be on this list. The uh, German writer Goethe was eighth. Plato, ninth. And Dante Alighieri was 10th. George Washington just missed out in the top 10. He was number 11. Okay, so that was interesting. right? Just just books about Jesus dominates the list. Then somebody else uh, said they did a search of Google. And who's who are people searching for on Google? Well, guess who's at the top? Jesus. Who's second? Washington. Okay, so he made it into the top 10. But Jesus is way ahead, and then you got third, Plato, Aristotle, John Milton, there's Shakespeare coming in, Charles Dickens, and so on. So, tons and tons of books and articles. Jesus piques everybody's interest. Well, there's another literary genre that he said Jesus has uh, done something for, and that's the screenplay. It says, ever since they've had moving pictures, Jesus has been the focus of writers in there. It says, some of the earliest Motion pictures feature the life and activity of Jesus and nobody else, nobody in the history of the world has as many screenplays as Jesus of Nazareth, which says there have been movies about his life and they rattle off all these uh, countries where they've made movies about him. One of the movies, the Jesus film, uh, that's something you might want to get. That's really good. Created in 1979, just basically follows the gospel of Luke and it was filmed in Israel, It's very close to the biblical text. And uh, Jim Wallace points out that this film, just this film, the Jesus film, has been translated into 1,800 languages viewed by 8 billion people. It's the most watched and most translated motion picture of all time. Wow. Okay, so there's something else, some other area of uh, literary work. This is, if you look at some of history's best-known fictional characters, you'll find they have attributes of Jesus, even some that don't like Jesus. And it says there are hundreds of examples in the history of literature, like Harry and the Harry Potter series. By the way, can I stop there for just a minute? Um, there there's a man who does a lot of Christian books, apologetics books, and has his own talk show and all Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. And he talks about the Harry Potter series and other Books about superheroes and all, and how they somewhere in there they have the Jesus story. Well, that's what uh, Wallace is talking about here. We got Harry in the Harry Potter series, Finney in a separate piece, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, Santiago in The Old Man in the Sea, Simon in The Lord of the Flies. I said those are a lot of classic characters who reflect in some way the uh, nature of Jesus. Let's see. So let me keep going. I don't want to take up too much more time here. But Jesus had been everywhere in these uh, literary fields. So it says, he sums it up at the end, pretty obvious. Jesus has had more literary impact than the other person in all of history. And it's hard to deny that. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope next time you pick up a, a book, think about either the ideas or the people in there. See if they reflect anything to do with the Christian message. It's widespread. It really is. Well, thanks for listening. We'll do another podcast soon.